Most stories of success usually focus on a person's highlight reel. In this podcast, those people will share what goes on beyond the curtain. You'll hear about their wins and losses and how those experiences created their grit and determination. There's no such thing as luck. Welcome to Beyond Grit with Robert Young. Hey everybody, I have the pleasure of sitting down with my man, Scoot Pittman, today. He's a local musician. He has traveled the U.S. and Canada with many great bands. Um, He's been performing in excess of 300 shows a year for nearly 30 years. He's toured with Cool and the Gang, Blackfoot, the original Marshall Tucker Band, and more. Today we're going to hang out and uh, we're just going to have a little casual chat. We're going to talk about how we grew up. How he got into music and uh, where he is today, and a little, couple little stories along the way. So sit back and enjoy my man, Scoot Pittman. So I'm talking with Scoot Pittman, and uh, he agreed to sit down with me, and um, we're having a little uh, around the island chat down <laughs> memory lane, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> and now we're talking about coming to America. So I know I do remember the old one. So that yeah. just ages us, but that was good though. The yeah. movies were funny back then. We were like three or something then when it came out there, right? Maybe. No. Maybe you were. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I meant to say 23. Probably yeah, 23. 23. I'm going to do that. Yeah. But, uh, but so I'm going to go back and we're going to kind of get your little story here. So where, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Cleveland County, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, about 30 miles from Charlotte here uh, in a small little town that is still a quaint, small little town called Kings Mountain. I know where Kings Mountain is. Mm, home of the Mountaineers. Okay. That's where the uh, over mountain men stopped the British. Back in the day? Mm-hmm. That's where it ended. Oh, see? Mm-hmm. And you get a history lesson, mm-hmm. too. The national parks down there. We went to, um, so we used to, well, hike Kings Mountain. Oh, yeah. That's what would take us over to Kings Mountain. Well, you went by my old house. You went yeah. right by it. You yeah. went right by it down on Lake Montanaga Road. Ah. Yeah. That leads the way. You still have family living out there? Uh, in Kings Mountain, one of my sisters, yeah. Okay. She, the, her and her husband uh, live in the same house they did uh, when they got married. Wow. Yeah. Is your, your hometown, your house still there? The house you grew up in? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Has it was it changed. A, at it all? was a shack. Now it had the the original house where I was first a baby. You uh-huh. know, first the first house I remember. Someone had gone in and um, left the. It was a small house, and um, someone built onto it, and it looks like a um, sort of sort of somebody kind of put a warehouse type structure on with it or something. It, oh, looks, really? Really, it looks really odd. Nah. It, it really does. But um, that was, that house was actually uh, a schoolhouse, a small schoolhouse for all the folks uh, that grew up down that way. And my, one of my aunts, um, aunt and uncle owned a bunch of land down there and they gave, after they weren't using the house for a schoolhouse anymore, they gave that house to my mom. Okay. And so uh, I, w- I was the baby of six, so that, uh, that, that was my first house. So uh, we had a, a big red barn in the back, and we had some roosters and chickens, and 
our neighbors beside us, the Gordons, they had cows and a just couple of horses country. and stuff. So yeah, it was like, you know, we, we gave them eggs and stuff and we'd get milk from them and, uh-huh. you know, it was just really cool, man. It was, it was, was it a good place to live, good yeah. place to grow up. It was for me and, um, my best friends was the Curry family across the road. It was, it was mixed on the uh-huh. road. It was the Curry family was a big name down there, African Americans. Okay, and and they they were my best friends, and they're still my best friends today. Today, yeah, I, I love that. They're like my other family. You know oh I mean? wow, yeah. yeah, yeah, I love those guys. Not a lot of people that grew up here are still here. You know, especially in the Charlotte area. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, I. I'm a transplant. Yeah, that's Most true. Most people I meet our transplants. Yeah, yeah. So where'd you go from from there? When did you get out of town, or what what caused you to go? Well, we uh, um, th- there's a long story to to all uh-huh. of my life, but of course we don't have enough time for that. Yeah, it would take a couple of weeks. But uh, we moved from <clears throat> that house after I was about maybe uh, the first grade, first okay. part of the first grade. Uh, we moved up to um, closer to the the three main schools that were in Kings Mountain. Uh, well, not the main schools, but like you know, close to the um, high school and mm-hmm. the junior high. We we're kind of in the center of it, right there, where we were out a little farther where we were before. So we moved over to uh, seven one four Bridges Drive, and it was a, another small house. Yeah, you know, we uh, didn't have a, we didn't have any money. Yeah, and um, so that that's where I grew up uh, from. I think I started the second half of the first grade. Okay. Uh, when we moved there at West Elementary, and then I just went through my schooling from there, from West Elementary to Central Junior High, which was the only junior high at the, at the time. Okay. And then Kings Mountain High School, which is the only high school. I uh, graduated from there. And, okay. Uh, that, that's that's where I have majority of my memories. Yeah. Yeah. Did, so now you've had you've been in music forever. And did it start? What age did you start? Um, I, I would have to, I'm the baby of six. Mm-hmm. So I would uh, have to say that it, I guess it started from birth because my mom uh, played piano and organ in the church. Okay. At our church. And so I was around it. And then my, I had uh, two brothers and three sisters mm-hmm. and this, this Frankie, my second, the second, I guess, oldest. Yep. It was, I was the youngest and Frankie, and then Kenny was the oldest brother, and then I had three sisters in between there. Okay. But um, uh, Frankie uh, played music. Okay. And so he would have, uh, they'd have rehearsals at our house in the living room, and my mom had a, a piano, uh, an organ, and a piano in the, in the house both. Oh, and so okay. she was always playing, but she only played, she didn't play secular music. She only played church music. Church music. And so I was heard that all the time. You would you would have loved it. People would have loved their house because my mom was married a lot of times. I don't know if she was a black widow or whatever she was, but uh-huh. the husband would die. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's, bless her heart, but, um, but uh, she was married to this, uh, uh, one man named uh, Arshel Sanders, and Bill was his nickname. Uh-huh. And uh, he was an antique guy. And we had in our living room, and it was the talk of the whole town, we had an antique, wooden, beautiful uh, telephone booth. And that's, we'd go in, we'd 
you know, close the door. Yeah. And there was some glass in the door too. We had the little seat. If you ever seen one of those yeah. before, and that that was our phone. So that's we would go in there, close it, and have privacy, and sit in there. And, and that talk. was the working phone in the oh in yeah the house. yeah it was oh, all hundred percent. And, and in the middle of the living room was a big giant um, wagon wheel uh-huh. that he had stained and made beautiful, and he had put um, like I can't remember what color it was. It may have been red or green. Um, um, what do you call that? that little cloth, that velvet yeah, cloth. Yeah, like that under it and stuff. It had these legs that came out that had the metal things, that all the original stuff from it and stuff. And that was, and then he put a had a, a glass cut for it. Okay. With the center out where the spoke, the wheel was. Yeah, you know, the, the little test, wheel. Yeah, the, whatever that's called. And he had these old, 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 like different little handguns and stuff in between all the spokes. You know, like one in each one. And so we had that that baby would come over just to see that, you know what I mean? And um, it was it was really cool. And huh. uh, so we had the big big wooden old telephone booth in there, and then we had that wagon wheel thing in there. And one day, and I was a basketball player too. Uh-huh. And one day, I was twirling my basketball like that, doing that. And what happened? Fell it on that table. Hit that table, busted uh. the glass. So he never replaced it. And he he didn't he didn't get mad at me or no. anything. I mean, he was sore at me, I'm sure, but yeah. He uh, he never replaced that, so it just kind of you know all the stuff was still there. It just didn't have the glass top on it anymore. Were but, all the little guns still in there? All yeah, the antique yeah, guns? yeah. Everything, nothing was damaged. You know, it just it just happened to hit that glass, and that you know it was pretty. That's thick. thick was, glass. Yeah, it was pretty thick. I'm and, still picturing the the uh, the telephone. Oh booth. my, you would. How great would that have been? Uh, it's just yeah. I mean, I don't. I rarely think about that, but when I do, I'm like you know, <laughs> you know, he was he was a pretty cool guy. You know, he, yeah. He was he was. I can't remember. Of course, how they got it in there. Yeah. Because it was a small house with small, small I don't know doors. How, I don't, you know, I mean, it must have just barely fit and he must have had <laughs> quite a few people helping because that thing was tall and I mean, it was for real and it was. Did he have an antique shop or did he just collect it in the house? He just, he just collected stuff like that. And um, we had a little small building up back and he probably kept some stuff in there. But, um, yeah, that, when I think about that, it's like it's worth it's worth remembering, really, because I've never seen anybody. Of course, you know somebody probably does somewhere. I'm sure, but I've never seen anybody else with an antique telephone, telephone booth. I mean, yeah. and it was beautiful too. Yeah, uh, it was a real dark, you know, wood color and the glass was perfect. Everything was perfect about it. That's so funny. Beautiful. I'm sure one of my sisters probably has a picture of it. Yeah, you know. With, don't know, know where it's said, at. Yeah, Diane or Donna probably has has oh picture gosh. of it. I'm sure. But it's a so so. But that's how um, that's how I, um, you know, I was introduced to music. Was just I guess from the inception. And um, Frankie uh, played one time uh, for a while with uh, one of my drummer mentors uh, down that way. With have uh, uh, you ever heard of Patty Loveless? Yeah, country singer. Yep. Well, um, she's from a small, small, small town. Uh, anyway, her and Terry uh, married, and they had a after hours band, you know, playing bar gigs, uh-huh. uh, you know, after hour kind of places and stuff. And they would re- uh, rehearse at our house sometimes. And, and uh, she was from, from Kentucky originally, and <clears throat> uh, Terry played drums, and and Terry would bring his drums for me when I was in the talent shows and he'd come and he'd set them up for me oh. and I would play his kit and, and I just loved him today. He passed away just a couple years ago. Oh. Um, that was a sad day, but yeah. um, 
he was a singing drummer. So I, I, they, they would bring me out when they were playing these after hour bars and I was a little, you know, teenager and I would just sit and watch him. And that's how, you know, unknowingly till later on that, that I, that's where I got my teaching from Yeah, to learn how to sing and watching him entertain, playing drums and singing. And Patty was the front person, you know? Okay. And she was, uh, she was from Kentucky, like I said, and, but she was, um, I guess she had a friend or she friend of the family, Porter Wagner or uh-huh. something like that. And, um, he had always told her, if you want to, I'll make you a star if you want to come to Nashville. And yeah. she was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And he said, they was doing that for ever how many years. And then I guess one day she just said, you know, kind of tired of this life. I think I'll just go to Nashville. And then and the rest, way is, it goes. rest is history, as they say. So, but, the, um, so was the, was it the drums that was, that was the first thing that hooked you mm-hmm. my mom tried to um, get me to take piano lessons and i still to this day want to play piano more than i want to play anything else really it's just something about it i just can't i can't get it i don't i can play a couple of tunes you know easy songs like in the air tonight and stuff like yeah. that by phil collins but i just i don't know man i've got i've got one in there and i just i don't know man i don't know why it's so difficult for me to to do but i've always wanted to do it but that's uh that's where it started and and i would just when they'd come, I mean, Rusty Kloniger was a guy in town that was my, he was my hero drummer uh-huh. and he lived up the street and I would, he had a little building behind his parents' house there and he he was in a school band and all that stuff and he was okay. older than me and I'd go up there and just sit, sit down beside him and I'd hear him playing up the road, you know, and I'd go up there and I'd just sit and I'd just watch him play. Yeah. I mean, he, he was like, he was like a, he could play any style, but he was like a buddy rich, man. He could just, he could do it. He could do that or he could just keep time really well or whatever but he was he was like my hero yeah you know did you have your own drum kit i never got my uh i never got my own drum kit until because terry would always graciously you know let me use his you know uh and that's no small task of no carrying your drum kit around around. yeah yeah so he kind of took me under his wing you know and but rusty had a old like 60s I, I talked to his brother and i graduated together rusty uh-huh. was a few years ahead of us but i talked to alan about a year ago and, and i was talking about those ludwigs and there were red sparkle 67 ludwigs and he said yeah man, he still got that kit you oh know? yeah i was like oh and they sounded so good you know <laughs> they tuned them so good he just he just played and played and i just loved it and so between him between rusty and and uh Terry, I guess they were my, my influences. Yeah. Um, and then I finally got my, well, that's a whole nother story, but I'll fast forward. But I finally got my f- first kit uh, probably in my sophomore year of high school, something like that, sophomore okay. or junior year. And everybody knew me for that kit, that slinger. It was a, that was the first year they, uh, Neil Peart uh, yeah. from Rush uh, uh, had, had this, Slingerland kit and they were copper plated and so they had just made it kits for that not his big setup as yeah. of yet but a five five piece kit and uh, it was either I was went to Gaston and said just pick out whatever you want you know we'll get them because I got um I got uh social security checks for uh, from uh, that were put into my name from um one of my stepdads who was a military guy oh, okay and, and um so you know we could just to make the payment out of that, some of that money, you know, and, um, to pick up whatever you want. There was this big giant set of white, the Octoplus Ludwigs had just come out. Uh It was a big giant set. Think like Phil Collins or like this, a big giant set sitting over there. 
I could have got that set. And then I saw that copper plated Slingerland kit and it was this little five piece kit. And I was like, I want those, you know? So I got those. And then I don't think I ever regretted it, man. Cause yeah. people, everybody that knows me from now, from all the way back then, they, that's what they talk about. They say, that, kit. that, that you had that Slingerland, you know, copper plated kit, man. It was good. You could play them, man. So good. And blah, blah, blah. And so you know, I kind of like that yeah. that vibe, you know, and, and I, I still have an old vintage set of Slingerlands. They're a jelly bean kit, but God, they sound good. I just recorded a drum track for uh, somebody over in Portugal uh-huh. and, and brought my old Slingerland kick drum and an old Ludwig snare drum in here Okay, and recorded that uh, last week. Do you wish you still had your original <sighs> I do, kit? I do. My, it's a friend of mine in Hickory, one of my best friends in the world. He, I stored them there when I was living up there and, and touring with this band. And uh, he still has a couple of, my, a couple of my shells up there. They don't have the whole kit, but he's okay. still got a couple of shells. But they've been out and he's, he's got a couple of old buildings back there that his dad was like one of those guys, a wood shop guy and yeah. stuff like that. And so uh, they're, I'm sure they're probably warped, but yeah. they're still sitting there though. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. So when did you, um, so when you started playing through high school, um, I was always into talent shows. Okay. Yeah. And always then in, shows. in bands, did you? Always. Yeah. It was a band every time. Okay. Every time. And I was always a drummer and, and uh, we've, we won, we won. There was this Rusty, Rusty uh, and this other guy named Wesley. Getting away from the bands for a second. They were the two guys. They did drum solos in the talent show. And the one and only time that I went while I was going to high school is they had when Wesley did it. He was a, when he was a senior. Okay. Rusty did it first, and it was at night in the auditorium. He won. No, he didn't win. He didn't win. That's right. That was what's so heartbreaking. It was. It was just. It was the greatest thing ever. And it, it, and we said, well, why didn't he win? And and somebody had asked one of the judges, I guess, that knew him at the end of the whole thing. And she was like, it was a lady that said, well, he threw his sticks out after he finished. Like, what a terrible thing to say. Oh, my God. You know, it was so good. I mean, it was just. Yeah. It was it was like, um, it was like the creme de creme yeah. for me. You know, it was like, because I would just go sit and watch him play and then just watch him up there and just me and one of my buddies, Al, um, great guitar player. We've been friends for life. And he, they were in the same class together, I think, or maybe close. But it's, it was still talking about that kind of stuff. But oh but that Wesley did it uh, the next year when he was a senior. And he he did a great solo, but he didn't win. So I did it my senior year. I'm the, I was the worst drummer of the three. Yeah, and I won. And you won. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? What happened was I was in the chorus too. Uh huh. Who Miss McClure? God rest her soul. She's taught me how to sing. And okay. I, I, I always talk about her and that. Uh, she's the one that taught me how to sing. But uh, I remember we were sitting in the chorus class one day, and over the intercom, came in and said, "Miss Clark, uh, you you have George Pittman in there?" And she said, "Yep." And I said, "George, well, can you do a not a drum solo? Can you call it a drum melody?" <laughs> a medley, medley, not a melody, but a medley. Uh-huh. And I said, well, uh, sure, sure, I'll do that. I'm, I'm the guy. I'm like, okay, whatever you need. You yeah. Know? And so uh, then I said, okay, all right, that's what we're going to have. We have to do that because you're in the band category. I said, okay, so I'm, I'm up against the bands. All right, cool. So 
So she got off the thing, and I was like a drum medley. And I said, Miss McClure, does that mean I have to like play segments of songs yeah. on the drums? She said, that's what it means. So this was 1978, Russ, when I graduated. Uh-huh. Okay. The biggest song in 1978, or one of the biggest songs, and still a big song to this day, is Brick House, right? Yep. And you know it when you hear it, yep. when it comes on. You know that? Yeah. So that's how, I, when the curtains were coming open, that's the first thing I did, man. And all those, you know, African-American girls, man, all my friends, they just started jumping up out of the seats because they knew, everybody knew what that was. Yeah. And that's how I started it. Okay. And it just, everybody went crazy. And I just uh, kind of put songs in in there that, that were cool yeah. that everybody would know. You know, and tried because of the time. The yeah. Time, there were so many popular songs in, and I did it, and everybody was just going they crazy the whole it. time. And I was just like tripping out about it, you know. And and I did one little part where uh, Peter Chris did his solo back in the live Kiss album, the mm-hmm. first one, where he just did his snare drum and was doing these, just he was all he could play was single strokes, you know. He would just do that, and he had, had a little phase on the snare where he'd go. So I had, a, had borrowed a little, just a small little pedal yeah. a little phase pedal and hooked it up with the mic on that the snare drum man and i did that at one part and people even knew what that was because oh. it was the big thing back yeah. then you know what i mean so i didn't expect to win i was just having a good time and man. and uh steve baker was the he was a card one of the teachers you know but he was uh-huh. the mc okay he was one of those teachers you love you know yeah. big big personality and all that and he was like and he introduced me to be like you're not doing the drum the drum medley Gorgeous George. That's what he'd call me. Gorgeous George. Pippen, you know? And then open up. And everybody just went, she was like a concert or oh something. And I was like, and when you see that, you know, and you go, then it okay, you I'm up. in it. You're yeah, like, man. let's I'm do all this. In, man. Let's do it. You know, I'm going to slam dunk it. Oh, my God. And so apparently I did. I would. I beat the bands out. Yeah. And, and I was the worst drummer of the three of us. That's so funny. Not that I was bad, but I, they were schooled. They were in the school band and stuff, and I yeah. wasn't in the school band. I watched everybody play, and I learned from watching them. Yeah. And and I was the one that – I was always proud of that. I said, God, I was the one that won. You know, Rusty should have won. Wesley should have won. Yeah. Do you think it was the reaction to the, the crowd that you brought yeah, the reaction to the crowd? I think so. Because I think it's a lot of, you know, people that know music and that know music can listen to other people play, and they're like, mm. Right, and that's a little mediocre. But people that don't know it, it's it's the greatest thing ever. So yeah. you could tell how much better they were as drummers, but the people out in the audience, they yeah. couldn't tell. They wasn't about that. No, I mean I was good. Yeah, I, I was really good. I was. People called me a phenom, but yeah, I, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't schooled like they were. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you all the rudiments I was doing at the time, but I was doing them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I would you know, study some stuff and look, look in the like stick control book. That's still the best book you can ever buy today. Oh yeah. But, um, you know, when I practiced those things, I knew what they were. I just weren't as schooled as they were, you know, because they were in the marching band and, and in the orchestra band and everything. So Mr. Deal was one Let's of the best, him. one of the best, um, band directors in the state. So do you think that, um, you know, growing up and learning how to play. So now we've got the internet, right? I want to learn how to play this song. It up it comes, and you guys, you guys had to to do it. Yeah, we like, had to listen put, to it. To listen to it mm-hmm. and put time in and listen to it, mm-hmm. and make you a better player. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure if all, all the guitar players, if there were sheet music, maybe there was that time, but I don't think anybody did that. I, I think everybody listened to it and learned it and they, they already knew the, yeah, they're good. They were real guitar players and real, uh, everybody I played with was really, really high. Okay. High, high up in the food chain of players, you know what Play. I mean? Because I, I, everybody thought I was a, they called me a phenom. I was playing with people older, a little older than me. Okay. You know, and those cats all had it together. And that's why I, I was always around that though, you know what yeah. I mean? From, from watching Terry and Patty practicing my brother and their bands, I was just always around it. So I got a really good ear. I got a really good education with just listening. Right. And didn't even realize what was going on at the time, but that's what was happening. Yeah. Was, was I was listening and I was watching. I was a good, what I didn't know, um, education wise in music, yeah. I made up for it with my, my ears Yeah, and, and my visions that I kept of how they did that. And I was, I was listening to a podcast and it was, um, David Grohl and it's one of those where, um, he was like, I don't know how to read music. And the way that he explained the guitar, he was like, I, I kind of look at the strings of the guitar and how I play them to the drums. You know, because he was a drummer. So the, the low E string, that was the bass drum. And then the high was a snare. And, you know, and mm -hmm. and that's kind of mm -hmm. how he laid it out and, and knows how to play. He goes, half the time, you know, I don't even know what chords I am I'm playing, but I just know they fit together and I can rock it. They sound it. good. Yeah. 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 And that's just, and that's somebody, you know, like you guys can go and play that. You don't overthink it. Mm. Yeah, I overthink the crap out of everything. That's why. Mm -hmm. I never could get past step one strumming a couple tunes on the, the guitar. But mm -hmm. I, you know, I just think it's amazing. And I think that what you guys had to do back in the day to learn, I think that's really good and made you guys solid, mm -hmm. just solid players. Yeah. And it, and it's always too, the people that you're playing with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always want to play with people that are better than I am because it keeps me moving forward. Moving up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I always want to play with people that are better than me. So like you learn something, you always learn something. Yeah. A lot of people are scared to, to play with people that are better than them because they don't want to look silly. Mm. But I mean, the attitude that you have and it's with anything, working with somebody that's better, you know, training with somebody that's better and playing, mm -hmm. you learn. Absolutely. And most people are sitting there and willing to help you with anything. Sure. That's why I am with kids and stuff yeah. that want to do. I'll do that for, I pass that on. Okay. You know? Yeah. I was very, I was, and in my music life, uh, mm -hmm. very, very lucky yeah. to, to be around the people I was around and, and be exposed to the all the different music from all my brothers and sisters. Okay. I got to hear every kind of music all the way, all the way to my mom playing church music. Church music. I got to hear everything, everything. Yeah. You know, and then I started finding myself with, Stuff of the time back then, and I started getting into some jazzy stuff with Lenny White and Gino Vanelli and all these other people, you know, and kind of I'd move over in that direction too. Okay, you know. So where'd you go from high school? On the road. Yeah. Yeah, I was already on the road in the, my senior year of high school. Okay. Yeah, the first my first uh, my first touring band, playing up and down the East Coast, the circuit, you know. Uh huh. Uh, what's back called timepiece? The piece was like a not not the peace sign, but you know like a timepiece. Yeah, 
and incredible players. And um, my friend and I, Shan, who we grew up, he lived up on Meadowbrook Road about a mile from me. So he had a basement in mom and dad's house. So uh-huh. that was our first band. So it was Shan and I playing together. But for a long time, it was just he and I in his basement. Okay. Just he and I, guitar and drums. I think we were one of, we had to been one of the first guitar drum yeah groups you know that did never go out we didn't go out and play like that but we practiced all the time we'd play rush and like the first the first side of um 2112 uh-huh. you know, we we learned that whole thing just me just him and I on the guitar and drums but we we would play all the time and then eventually um I got called up to um uh, I was playing some little things Mm-hmm. around town my first gig was a uh my first gig was at a uh little place in king's mountain a little bar and it was uh i'll tell you the name of it in a second i know it by heart but it won't come to me right now but it was a place where it was a it was a block white concrete building and it had a neon green light over and I, I, i'm so sad that I can't, I'll tell you the name of it at yeah. some point. It'll probably pop out right as we finish. Right. But uh, Rick Broom was a, a singer. He was with like the, all the girls liked him. Uh-huh. So he had this little group. Uh, it was me and him and two other guys. I can't remember who it was right off. But the last minute, his his mom or his dad or something said, hey, uh, hey, we can get a gig. Let's, let, we can go over to the, it was called the, oh, what was it called? Mm, I'll think of it. So we go and we pack our stuff, we throw it in the back of the truck and we drive over there and I'm like 14 or 15 and, and it's all black in there. Everything's black. Uh-huh. And there's, uh, the, uh, the lights, those, yeah. uh, those like uh, the little twinkling lights, no, and- the, the, the lights that glow, make stuff glow. That's on the walls, black uh, lights, yes. black lights, black lights were all, all around. And there was these girls, women uh-huh. that were dancing, just barely not nude, right? Okay. And so there's in cages, like bird cages oh or God. something, that they were right beside of us and they had the <laughs> stage there. It was a cool little stage though. It was really cool. And there was a center spot there and it had these light things coming down and stuff. And we only knew, uh, we only knew two, we only knew two <laughs> songs. We knew two songs and uh, it was Proud Mary and something else. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so, so we're, playing these songs and and I'd never seen anything like this before, you know, and I'm like, they were like two years older than me or something. I might've been 15, maybe six, I don't know, somewhere around in there. And I was playing this song and I was just looking around these women and they were like, and I was going like, man, this is, this is great. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to do this a lot. You know, oh my God. it was so good. But and we just played those two songs over and over and, and, and we made like $45 a piece and um, I thought I was a rock star, and I went to school the next day, and I was buying some of my friends at lunch and stuff, you know. Oh and I, was like, I was big wheeling, you know. If I only had my fur coat on and walking around, it would have been perfect, you know. Uh, that's but that, perfect. That, was my, that was my first gig. Oh, my God. <laughs> made 45 bucks. All right, so you thought about something. I did. I remember the name of the, the joint that was my first gig. It was called the Rock Inn Palace. There's just an inn, not I-N, but just inn. And it was, it was on that white cinder block building club in cursive neon green and boy at night it really lit up the road right there rocking yeah. is it still there palace. that building is is yeah. it yeah that building's still there 
Wonder Every time I today. go home and I, if I pass by, and I thought that was my first gig, the rocking palace with those two women in there dancing practically with no clothes on. Oh, my God. 15 years old, rocking it out with the Proud Mary and some <laughs> other song. Probably a Steppenwolf song yeah. or something, you know. So, so now you're, that was your first gig. So where'd you go? Just uh, took off from there. But uh, Timepiece was my uh, first um road band and uh-huh. I was still a senior in high school and so we you know if we were playing a some of those were week gigs you know okay and we we uh we we um met a lot met a lot of people uh, a lot of well-known people during that time I mean from then on too but that yeah. I was like you know still in high school and I was like uh Greg Allman was jamming with us down in Daytona Beach okay um you know, and after that, we went over uh, to the band house, <clears throat> uh, and you know, <clears throat> there was a lot. Of, all the big bands like that in that time was people like the Allman Brothers and the Blackfoot and Molly Hatchet and all those yeah. guys. And so it just happened to be that we were down there when everybody was down there playing, like at the pier. Like Molly Hatchet was playing at the pier, Blackfoot was playing somewhere, um, and Greg lived down there. Yeah, and. Uh, he just happened to come in and, and that the, I'll tell you the name of that club too. When I, when it comes back to my brain, but it was a long and pretty wide, uh, a club. Uh-huh. It was a club, it had a big, nice stage, big lights, and we had big, nice equipment and everything. And you could see all the way to the back, the bar was kind of on the right side. If we were looking from the stage back out mm-hmm. and you could see people coming in the door when the bar was down part way down that wall and it was sort of lit up back there so you could see the bartenders and stuff like that and it was it was a happening real happening place and apparently that was greg allman's hangout okay and you know the lady told us she said and we had that kind of setup we played some allman brothers we played all kinds of cool stuff and uh real great players yeah and um uh, she said, you know, you know, the almonds aren't, they're recording right now. So, you know, Greg will probably come in at some point during the week. Uh-huh. And we were like, oh man, wouldn't it be great if he'd, you know, yeah. like us enough to come up and yeah. jam. So we're playing, I don't know, maybe the middle of the week and uh, maybe a Thursday right before the weekend or something. Wasn't a ton of people in there on Thursday. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I can see straight out, you know, I'm playing and I'm, I'm listening and, I'm, you know, they're, you know, Eye contact, all that stuff, but I could see straight out all the way down, yeah. all the way down the way. And um, this guy walks in, and he, he walked in. You could you could tell it was him by yeah. his hair and everything. He yeah. Was like, and I was like, and I didn't couldn't say anything. We're in the middle of a song, you know. I was just like, oh my god, man, he, he's here. He's here. You know? <laughs> so we're playing and, and stuff, and uh, he, I'm watching him the whole time. And he'd come in right after we started the song. Too bad uh-huh. it wasn't an Almer Brothers song at the time, but. Uh, he, he walked right up to the bar. The girl handed him his whatever he, you know, because she knew what he wanted, I guess. And he was, you could send something to her, and then he just kind of turned his head. He was looking and listening, <clears throat> shook his head at the girl and had his drink, and he started walking down toward the stage. I was like, uh, nobody knew it yet, you know? Yeah. I was the only one that, could, that saw it because here I was jamming, and it's like he kept walking and walking, and he walked down the side. Down that way, and it was getting dark there, you know. Yeah. And so he comes, and he comes all the way to the side. He walks all the way to the side of the stage, and he's looking at Roger, the uh, singer, front man. He also had to play keys, and so he had the whole setup like that. Okay. Like an Almer Brothers setup, you know, he had the B three and clavinet and a string ensemble and all that stuff at the time. That, that yeah. was the stuff to have. 
and Roger was singing, and I don't forget, we were playing Hot Legs by Rod Stewart. Yeah. Which, those are all the songs of the time. And Greg just, I was, I watched him the whole time, and I looked, uh, I was looking at him, I was on the side, he was smiling real big, because we were a really good band. And he looked at me, and and I looked at him, and he just kind of went like that, and I went, yeah. And he just stepped right up there, man. Oh. Got on the keys and started playing with us. Oh, my God. How awesome is that? How old were you? High school, man. I was 17, 17 years old. That was my first big experience. But then that, that was, that was just, that was cool. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, we, we finished. He loved us. He thought he, he loved it. He thought it was great. Yeah. So we go back over to the band house. He goes over there. Well, guess what? Everybody knows where he is. Cause in comes a couple guys from Blackfoot, a couple guys from Molly Hatchet, a couple guys from, uh, the other group. We're all drinking, having a good time, yeah. getting down, and we're just we got pictures, we got everything. They were so cool, and that that was like, man, I, I'm really going to enjoy this life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that was uh, that was my first big, oh my god, uh, to do uh, about you know being around people, well known people, and it yeah. was like I was comfortable with it. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't like I, oh. I was until he came to the side and saw. And he looked at me, and because I was watching it, I was yeah. looking at him, and he just did that little, can I play look? Yeah. And I said, yeah, you can play with my look. <laughs> and he got right up, man, and it, oh was, it was really cool, man. It was, that was one of those you don't forget. Yeah. You know, especially now that it's gone, you know. Yeah. So that was cool. But there was a lot of things like that. Yeah. How long were you on the road? Uh, with that group? Or just yeah, in general? Just in general. Uh, I haven't stopped. Yeah. I've slowed down uh -huh. uh, the past couple of years. Um, I was traveling a lot until probably maybe four years ago. I just, I got kind of tired. Mm -hmm. I got kind of tired. And um, I was going down to the beach a lot and playing. Okay. I'd go back and go down the beach for all summer, back and forth, playing, you know, in Merle's Inlet all the way up to Ocean Isle Beach and all points in between. Okay. And I did that for a, probably 10 years. Now were you... Everywhere, everywhere else, but... Uh, with a band? Both. Okay. Yeah, I'd take my band and then I'd do solo gigs too. What do you like better? <sighs> oh, I enjoy playing with people. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I dislike playing... I don't say I dislike it, but I don't, I don't really enjoy it as much... So I think that's why I put so much effort into making it when the vibe's right and when the people I know, I can read people really easy. And if, if I know that I can get them partying, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. And then I'm okay with it. Okay. But it wears you out. Yeah. It, Cause I put a lot, a, a lot into it and people, it's like the reactions, like there's a whole band up there playing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when I do the private party and everybody, that's why everybody hires me. Yeah. You know, and there's times like today, it probably won't be like yesterday when my drummer and I played, uh, we played a lot of great stuff and, but the vibe was real. I kind of play for what's happening. Okay. I don't want to scare anybody. I kind of play for what it, I kind of, I vibe it out. You yeah. Know? If, if they want to party, I'll start it. Okay. And sometimes I'll ease into it and get it and then build them up. Or sometimes it's just one of those where this is too cool. I'm going to keep gonna. it just like this vibe right here and everybody will enjoy it. Yeah. 
So as you're coming up, you know, for people that don't really know, and you're playing and you're playing in these bands, do people in other bands ask you to come into the band? That was that was where to, I, yeah, that's okay. what I was going to say. That's that's how those that's how that happened for me. It was like it was a graduation from this, and I started off great. I started off where it couldn't have been any better, and there was times. Like the second band I played in after that band was great musicians, but they weren't. Except the guitar player was he was he was what I called the same caliber what I had come from. Okay, um, I was just fortunate that I played with people that were just a few, couple, two or three years older than me that could really, really, really play. Yeah, and um, that's what I try to stay with. But that the second band was a really good band. They were really popular. We did that same circuit. It was a different kind of vibe with that band. Uh, it was still rock stuff, but I was kind of a funky guy too. Okay. You know, I was like, I loved, you know, like Mother's Finest and bands like that um, that were a little more on the funk rock okay. side of the cal, you know. Yeah. And so that, that, that second band was good. It was a kind of a different vibe, but, the guitar player and I just, I mean, we hit it off as people, but he and I musically were on the same vibe. You know, we both like the Dixie Dregs and stuff. We do little things in between uh-huh. in, in songs where we got a little thing and we do these little licks from like different songs yeah. in with what was going on too. And, uh, and we, we just did it cause we knew we could. Yeah. And, um, so, and then it just, it went from that <clears throat> to the next group and it just kept stepping up and stepping up and stepping up and stepping up every time and it just yeah. seemed like i was playing with all the right players okay so i was kind of spoiled like it's like it's the, nowadays it's like i'm not a snob about playing with anybody and yeah. i'm not by no means i am not i'm a singing drummer playing guitar yeah you know and i'm just my right hand is what we were kind of talking about earlier my right hand is like my kick and my hi hat and snare all right yeah. here, and everybody's like, "Man, your rhythm is just so good." And that's basically what I am. I'm a good rhythm guitar player. Okay. And I've got all that grooving happening with my right hand, and everybody's like, "Dude, you, you've got the beat going on, you've got the snare, the kick, and everything going on." What you were talking about yeah. earlier, yeah. And that just kind of came natural because I was a drummer, I guess. When did you end up picking up the guitar? <sighs> mm, I had a real, 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 real popular band. Uh, in 92 here in Charlotte. And I was just the lead singer in that band. We were called Brothers mm-hmm. from Mother. And it was myself singing lead and uh, three brothers. Okay. And they were uh, all going to UNCC. And they uh, had was renting a house out there by the school. And I would come off the road. Uh, I played a few months uh, with this did a tour with this in Canada with this band, uh, playing drums and came back. And the guy that was booking them wanted to know when I got back, if I would come and play with his band, yeah, their, their band, which was a band called Nantucket, uh, that was real popular back in that time. Uh, they were on Epic records. Uh, but the band was called L factor at some places in Nantucket at some places. Uh, because the singer was the original guy. Yeah. It was like his his band to go out and play. Yeah. And um, we had a guy uh, and his girlfriend from Atlanta uh, playing guitar and keys and David Thumbs Johnson playing bass. 
Oh God. I love that guy. <laughs> I miss him. And uh, we hit it off really good. And, um, we did that. And then, uh, I did that for a little while and it got kind of shaky uh, financially. Yeah. So I, um, I came back, back home after a few months and, uh, looked in what we used to have a, a magazine here called the creative loafing. Yeah. You've been yeah. here long enough for that. Yep. So, uh, I was looking at the back of that, see what see what was going on in the yeah. music part of the music musicians uh, ads back there, and there was an ad. It said, uh, three brothers uh, looking for a singer to start a band," and had the number. I said, "Well, I can sing. I can run a show. Yeah, I can do that too." Called up, boom. We picked five songs over the phone. Then I drove over and met them. Went in the basement. They had everything, already, you know, set up and everything. And we just ran over those five songs. It was a living color song and just, you know, four other songs. Uh-huh. We picked them and everybody just knew them, learned them, whatever. And we played the last song. We were like, I think we got a band, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and, and they had our, the Brian, the bass player, had already uh, been playing in a band in town. So he was already in the places and everybody knew okay. that that band was really good too. So we were already kind of in. We could get right in and start playing and hit, yeah. hit the local circuit here. And dude, we were, we were so good. Yeah. I mean, we did everything from Jane's addiction to break house. Yeah. You know what I mean? We did and everything in between, but everything was groovy. Okay. You know, chili peppers, yeah. all just really, all really good. And we were just really, and I was a crazy madman out front. Yeah. I was Anthony Kiedis. That's who I was. <laughs> and I had long hair and skinny and, you know, and that was great. And this guy's, we actually got a look. We actually got a look, uh, this guy um, was in town from, from Charleston or whatever, and uh, he saw us, and he's like, man, uh, you know, I, uh, I got a friend, Arn, who is a sound engineer down in Atlanta at, uh, um, what's the guy's name? It was in my head, and I just lost it. But anyway, he was, uh, he was the guy that got put um, that girl band back then. They were from Atlanta. She had uh, one little, you know, the baseball guys put that little uh, thing out of there. Yeah. Like, Don't go chasing butterflies. Na, 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 na. <clears throat> it's three girls. Yep. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, if you say it, it'll come. It. Yeah, it'll come. It'll come. It'll come to me. And But uh, he, his friend was a sound engineer down there. And he said, uh, I told I called him when I saw you in Charleston uh-huh. playing. We were downtown playing. And, and he said. Man, I got this band, but these white boys, man, and they they can rock, but they can funk too. They can do it, and they've got some original stuff and blah blah blah. And, and uh, his friend was like, Dallas Austin. That's the guy's name, okay. Dallas Austin. He's the guy that had the big studio, and he was a producer. He said, um, so he told us. He said, man, you know, they they want you to come down, and so we went down there, and they had, and we didn't know what to think. We, yeah, you know, this guy seemed cool, but. Uh, we got down there and they had the whole Atlanta music press down there. Oh. It, it was like for real. It was yeah. They were there to see what was happening with these guys. You know what I mean? These four white dudes coming down there trying to be a little bit funky. You yeah. Know? And so we got down there and uh, uh, we we talked to them and 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 uh, we were excited to be there, but um, still you never know right what what's in somebody else's mind. It's already up in the big leagues. Yeah. You know what I mean and. So what eventually what happened was it didn't work out because they wanted us to be more of a uh, 
they want to try to shape us like in the sort of a vibe of nine inch nails or something. And yeah. we, we weren't even, we weren't even in the same state as that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so we, we talked about it and we said, we, we, you know, we would love to do something. It's just not our vibe, you know? Right. And I guess that's they what they thanks, were looking for. And that was, that was, that was that, but we did get a look. I mean, that's good. they knew we could play. Yeah. It's just, we didn't. How hard is this industry? Well, <clears throat> I mean, you well, look there's at, a, there's a, there's a couple of ways to answer that, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, I mean, it's sometimes it's who, you know, and sometimes it's, you know, who you, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but, uh, it, it uh, I, I don't know, man, you gotta, you have to go, you have to go where it's at. Yeah. You, you have to go where, where it is, where, where it's all at. You have to, you have to go to LA or you have to go to New York. You, you don't have to, everybody doesn't have to, but I'm saying if you really aspire to do that, you know, you do one or two things or both as you go to school mm-hmm. at Berkeley or, you know, one of the big music, music programs yeah. like that. And then you start meeting people from there because a lot of the instructors are th- these are guys connected. and these, are these, are these, uh, most of them are these from these big bands, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're instructors too on their off time and stuff like that. And so then, you know, people see you and you're, if you're cool and you can play too, and you know, yeah, you know what you're doing, um, you know, you can do it that way too. Yeah. But you have to, some people are lucky. Some people are lucky and some people have to really, 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 really want it and really go for it. Yeah. To, to, to do. And it's, it's not a, it's not a good business. No. It's, it, business wise, it's it's a bunch of snakes. Yeah, for the most part, there's some good people out there, but the majority are just wanting to take advantage and get you to sign a contract. You have to have a really good lawyer and stuff like that to to really yeah read the read the verbiage. That, yeah, because you can give it all away uh, and go. What happened? We just sold ten million records and we're broke. <laughs> we have no money. Yeah, yeah. So what? you have to be smart. So, I mean, you've been in for so many years and um, ups and downs, Absolutely. Goods, goods and bads. Absolutely. How do you get through the bads? <clears throat> Girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Girls, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, there's other things that come along with the girls. Yeah. But, uh, but um, that's how you get through it, you know, and, uh. Because, you know, the, I would say the majority of, if you don't, if you're not married already or something like that, uh, and this is, we're talking back in the day, yeah. you know, for me, but, uh, you know, this was a whole different time, but, you know, if you, if you had your sweet little girlfriend, you know, she would, you know, kind of keep you up when yeah. you weren't playing because, she, you know, you know, that it's coming back. It's, it's going to happen, you know, yeah. and I didn't stay unemployed Okay. Uh, very long uh, in between any, anything. It was, it was basically, you know, if it was a better opportunity and I'm, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm an opportunist, but I think I'm smart. Yeah. Um, so I, I would try to be smart. And if I saw something that somebody, and every, you know, everybody's, especially in this business, well, it's just like sports, you yeah. know, you, you get, you, you got to get paid for for what your you do. quality, you yep. know what I mean? So it was like, if, if I was stepping up, that's, that's what I'm supposed to be doing anyway. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be doing the same thing over and over. 
Did you uh, did you tour internationally? Uh, the only time I did that was when I went with that group to Canada. Okay. Yeah, I've been all over the states, all yeah. over the good spots, you know. Okay. Um, a lot up and down the East Coast. Um, but later on, I say, I say since Brothers. After that, that was probably the the last band that I I was really happy and yeah. I thought was super high quality players and I enjoyed what I was doing. I enjoyed mm-hmm. being out front and just running a show. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you get spoiled uh, with, with that, with that. I mean, I, I've been spoiled my whole life yeah. uh, with playing with really people that were better than me. And it's, it's all it's done is help me. Yeah. You know, it's just like anybody, you know, whatever you're, so what it is about you you want always want to be somebody that's always kind of pushing you a little bit right you know yeah so what are you up to now well are you teaching I'm still i'm yeah i i yeah yeah i don't uh i was teaching up at the howard music uh-huh. uh for a couple of years and then this whole thing happened with the pandemic thing okay. so i started doing it virtually online and and a lot of kids that i've come to find out over these years I've been teaching or, uh, you have a couple little stay, if, yeah. but eventually they all kind of, they don't practice and stuff. So when you don't practice, you can't, you know, I would, I would tell the parents, I'd say, I, I didn't really have that kind of control at the store, but yeah. for me personally, you know, I, I it, people email me and talk about lessons and I'm, and I'll just tell them, you know, they have to practice and we can't do the lesson we did previously yeah. again, because we're, we're, we're just, stagnant and we're just staying still. And I just, I don't have time for that. Right. There's other people that want to learn. And, and so a lot of people won't, you know, yeah, my, do that. My son, um, my, my father-in-law and on my wife's side, their family's very, um, they're musicians. So my wife's grandfather played accordion. And he, he was one of the guys in the Italian restaurants. He was mm-hmm. playing the accordion going mm-hmm. through there. So um, my wife's um, dad, he plays piano and he plays the accordion too. So my son, he started in the school band and I think he was playing the horn of some sort. And then he went to the French horn he was playing that. And um, I think he wanted to be like grandpa. And so... Grandpa gave him this little accordion and he sat and taught himself how to play the accordion because he could play piano, you know. And so he he did that. And um, with that, he was looking online. He was trying to find it. But he can read music. Mm. He can read music and away he can go. And then the other day, he wanted to, he wants to play the cello. I want to learn how to play the cello. And I was like, if you want to learn how to play the cello, it's coming out of your bank. He went to the music store and he's got a cello on lease. Find some girl in Spain online that does cello lessons and he's paying for his own lessons. Oh, that's terrific. Like, that's, that'll make you, you know, practice and yeah. that'll make you go. So right. he's 18 years old. That's terrific. I wasn't getting a cello and, you know, but... But it's practice, you know, mm-hmm. and some kids, they want to learn and some kids, their parents want them to learn, you know, and some, they just don't have it in them. 
I've got um, an eight-year-old kid. I just love to death. He's my favorite student. Yeah. He's been taking with me for two years now. Okay. Eight years old. Drums or guitar? Drums. Yeah. And just slaying it? He just, yeah, he just, I love him to death, man. His whole family's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just can't wait to watch him blossom, you know. Are they local? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They started at the store and they stayed with me when this whole thing, uh, Yeah. this whole pandemic thing uh, started, so... So I lost, I lost pretty much all the kids eventually, virtually, yeah. because some of them were going to college um, and some of the younger ones just weren't progressing. Right. And so I just, I have to tell the parents, I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'd love to keep taking your money, but it's just, you know, there's going to be somebody else that wants to take the lessons. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. they, they just don't, if they're not going to practice, what's the purpose? Right. We're just going to do the same thing every week. Yeah. And most people be like, well, who cares? You know, I'll, I'll take the money. I'll, I'll take yeah. the money. I'm just not like that. I just, yeah. I, I like having my time to do other things too. <laughs> you know, was it, it was it a uh, playing music? Was it, was it a good living? Um, I was always on the edge. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to say something right quick. I, yeah. I forgot to mention while you were talking, you were talking about the accordion. Yeah. I didn't mention that, that my mom played that all the time too. Oh, did she? And, and here's a good thing here. This is a really good vibe here. Uh, my, one of my sisters, um, gave me my mom's accordion. Uh, so I have my mom's accordion. That's cool. Yeah. This accordion. It's in there in my office. Is it heavy? Yeah, I know we don't have time. I'd go in there and bring yeah. it out. It's old, you know, it's yeah. old, man. It's old. She used to play that thing all the time. I just, I can't believe I didn't say that. But oh, you man. said that, and it's like I almost started crying because I started thinking about it because <laughs> she was always playing that accordion. How many 17-year-olds? Now, you know, he started playing it when I think he was 16. How many 16-year-olds, 17, pulling out an accordion? No, I think that's terrific. Though. He, His grandpa bought him this accordion. <laughs> I don't know what style it is, but I swear to you, it weighs 45 pounds. It's the heaviest thing. He straps that thing on and, and away he goes. And, oh, man. Just, you got to be careful, man. You're going to have back trouble. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> so like what I can, I can, you know, it's, it's like, God bless that guy. You know, he, all those little buttons on yes. the side, you know, and it's like, what do they mean? I don't even know what they mean, you know? It, but he's one of those where you're, you know, you could take a guitar and, and show, and this is this, and this is this key, and this is, you know, and he'll he'll take those keys and he's and he just finds the middle C, you know, here's middle C and here, and it's laid out just like a a piano keyboard, and you can play it down here. I'm like, mm. what? I don't yeah. know. The, the piano is the easiest instrument to learn on because it's laid out like. You know, yeah, it's just laid out like that, and it's it's that's the easiest instrument to learn on. I mean, besides right. you know, a kazoo or something, but I mean a real instrument that takes some effort. Yeah, uh, that's the easiest one to learn on. Right, <clears throat> makes the most sense. No, he can play on the piano. He's got a gift. He's got a little musical gift mm-hmm, there, mm-hmm. and hopefully he he just keeps yeah. keeps it going. Oh yeah. Um, Somebody just, like that, you hope. There's a, that's a kind of a 50-50 thing, you know. Yeah. Some, some kids will be like, they'll take off and go with it. Next yep. thing you know, you're seeing them on TV, and some kids are like, "Well, it's just you know, I can do it, but I don't care. I want to go do this." Yeah, know? yeah. He's like a fifty-fifty right in there. Right in there. He's eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, that's a good. That's a good age to be at right now, so he can. Yeah, he'll figure it out. He'll for figure himself. it out. Yeah. So yeah. always on edge. I thought you know, musicians and. and Flying the private jets and doing—it's a hard life, isn't it? 
now, yeah, yeah, that has nothing to do with music. Yeah. <clears throat> nothing to do with music at all. That's Does it kind of make you sad? It makes so this is what kind of makes me sad when you see talented people and you're like all of talent and then you see what kind of goes on now and I don't know. I feel like people were robbed a little bit. I agree. I think a lot of people agree, especially people that, well, now I can say, you know, I'm older, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, especially people, uh, that, that it kind of circles it, that I'm in, uh, kind of feel that way. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's no, um, and you know, I guess they have their own, the younger kids have their own opinion about it. So who, who needs the, who need, who, who needs all that, uh, road of hard knocks, yeah. you know, but it, that's where you get all your experience from, right. you know, and, and you're, you're, you're playing with other people that it, like I always, like I said earlier, you know, I, I want to play with people that's better than me because it keeps my chops up Yeah, with whatever I'm doing, you know? Yeah. No matter, no matter what it is, you know, I, yeah. wanna, I always want to learn like a giant More. sponge. Still, still to this day. Yeah. I still want to learn. You've got any projects going on or anything like that? I'm writing now. Are you? <clears throat> Music? Yeah. yeah, I'm writing now, so I'm working on another. It, this may or may not be my last record. I don't know, but yeah. I've got a bunch of records out. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, you can find me everywhere on all the music platforms. Uh-huh. And there's probably, it's not all of my songs. I've still probably got three records I need to, Yeah. you know, put up there. But uh, there's right now there's probably 40 or so songs. Okay. 40, 42 songs. Where Spotify, are they going to find them on? Everywhere. Spotify, Spotify. or anything. Anywhere they have music, it's on. It's okay. all on there. Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, whatever. Yeah. Uh, YouTube, every, 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 it's everywhere. Cool. It's everywhere you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, now you say, uh, now what I'm doing, I'm, it, you know, I'm, uh, I do mostly uh, solo stuff, more, more private events. Yeah. Uh, but like today, uh, yesterday, you know, my drummer and I play, uh, a lot of gigs together. I mean, okay. I'll do weddings, just two piece. Yeah. And we tear it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm just, um, I don't want to say I'm coasting, yeah. but I, I, I'm in a place where I've earned it. Yeah. Where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I've, I've worked hard Yeah. for the majority of my life. Um, I'm proud of myself that I, I did something. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not be a rock star, but I did something that makes me feel like I'm a rock star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I make a lot of people happy. So I'm told Yeah, and that's being a rock star to me. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Any regrets? So, you know, sometimes I wish I would have, Maybe taking another path and yeah. did did what a lot of people do, and they they were able to buy their own home and have a couple of nice cars and have a nice family and yeah. you know and and have money in the bank and <clears throat> all that. But you know that's run across my mind more than once. Yeah, but it's just because of my circumstances. I think that was <clears throat> I don't think I was <clears throat> literally forced into it, but I think it. Was probably my only choice. Yeah. 
uh, for the, for what, you know, happened in my life right? Uh, as a kid. So I, I think it was the only road where I thought I could yeah. make a living and be somewhat happy. Yeah. Cause you get away from th- things that aren't good right. when you're playing music, you get away, you get away from that. And so if it's nothing but three or four hours of pain-free living or whatever, you know, thoughts in your own mind or whatever. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's probably why it, this all happened to me. Yeah. It probably saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Things so, happen for a reason, man. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? I appreciate you sitting down with well, me. Yeah, absolutely. A little walk man. down memory lane. Yeah. That was that was really good. I appreciate yeah. it, man. Well, I really enjoyed it. And I, you know, thanks for uh for doing it. Yep. I I enjoy uh I don't really enjoy talking about myself, but I enjoy talking about things that you know we can yeah. relate to together. It's really cool, Ed. You yeah. know what I mean? It's cool because you play too, so yeah, you know, you know what's happening. You're you're on both sides of the fence, you know. <laughs> so you've got you you, know, you could do your your uh, everyday life plus you get to play. So you've got you've got the both sides of the cake. It's not bad. Yeah. So, so thanks. I, I appreciate, really appreciate it, man. it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Take care, buddy. Okay. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Beyond Grit with your host, me, Robert Young. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell somebody about it. You can find this podcast on all major podcast platforms. And be sure to tune in every Wednesday for another exciting success story of somebody going beyond grit. Until then, take care.